0: In the gospel and the readings today, in fact, all three of them, we have a glimpse into a particular, a particular focus, but it seems that the focus comes from the uh, viewed from kind of different angles, if you will. The first one is that uh, the view from here on earth. We have the words of St. Paul and the Acts of the Apostles recorded for us as he's speaking to the community there, and he says, It is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Everybody loves to hear that good news, huh? It's necessary for us to to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And this is the the simple fact that St. Paul himself has that wonderful litany of his own sufferings, of the shipwrecks and going without food, without sleep, without a place to stay, all these kinds of things that he himself endured for the sake of the gospel. And this is uh, the reality, is that was just for the spreading of the gospel itself. That wasn't even really for, for in the end, his own sanctification, his own, his own salvation. There were other sufferings that he bore, the thorn in the flesh, as you may recall, that was given to him to continue to lead him to holiness of life. But it's this recognition that St. Paul gives to us that, that here in this world, it is hardship that we ought to expect, For those who would expect heaven to be here or to try to make this world into heaven, make it paradise that is a fool's errand and it is always doomed to fail. This world cannot be paradise. It was never meant to be in the end. Paradise awaits us. Heaven is the place that we look forward to. This is the place, the proving ground of our love, where our love is tested, where we're able to show our Lord our desire for paradise. This is the valley of tears as we often pray in the prayers to Our Lady. This is the place where the hardships are to come to us. And again, we ought not to be surprised by them or shocked by them or disturbed by them. Certainly they are hardships, so it's not as if we don't have to bear them, not as if they are not a weight upon us, but it's to remember in the midst of this that this is part of the lot of this life, but that we are looking forward to a place where they will be gone. And this is what we see in the second reading from Revelation as we hear about the Lord God who will wipe away every tear from their eyes, those who enter into the kingdom of heaven, those who enter into the place that is made for them from the beginning. The hardship is manifest in those tears. It's the tears that that have been pouring forth from one's eyes and repentance from sin and the striving to be able to live in the midst of this world and to bear the crosses that we do here and now, to bear them well into the glory of the Lord, into his kingdom. And it is there, whenever we get there, that the tears are wiped away. It is a reminder to us that that place is not a place of hardship, is not a place of suffering, of sorrow, of grief, of loss, of pain, but rather it is the opposite of all of that. It is joy, it is fulfillment, it is is eternal peace, happiness. This is what awaits us. This is what compels us to continue to press forward in the midst of our hardships and to bear them so as to look forward to the day where we can really truly have our eyes cleansed, wiped away from the tears of this world and to behold the face of God, to do it all with great joy. So we recognize this. It seems part of this hardship that is given to us in a very real sense is what our Lord calls us to in the gospel, to love one another. This is our hardship. Early in my priesthood, there were a couple of experiences that I had that helped me to realize that it's the normal things that are actually very often the more important things in so many ways. One is I went on, uh, on pilgrimage with a group of friends to Medjugorje, And, you know, oftentimes people will, you know, you know, can you, Father, can you bring me back a, bring me back a rosary, bring me back a little medal, a little prayer card or something. One of my friends, a spiritual daughter, made a rather bold request. You know, in Medjugorje, there's this cross mountain, which is, uh, you know, a rocky, a rocky path that you climb up doing the stations of the cross up to the way to the cross at the top. And so it's rocky ground. And so uh, this daughter of mine said, Padre, When you when you go, can you do something for me? I said, sure. What you know? Absolutely. She, can you walk barefoot up the Cross Mountain for me and offer your sufferings for me? I was like, do what? I mean, I could bring you a rosary. (laughs) I was like, that's a big ask, you know. Barefoot up a mountain. I was like, okay, you know. I, I knew she was going through a lot, and she, you know, she needed grace, and so I. I'll, okay, I'll do it, you know. And by the time I got there, the Lord gave me the extra blessing of having walked so much previously when we were in Rome that I had blisters on my feet. So my blistered feet got to climb up the Rocky Mountain and to offer this up. Now, I was willing to do this big thing. But later that afternoon, when I was at the gelato shop and the question was whether I wanted a single scoop or two scoops, there was not a question within my mind you can't not have two scoops of gelato. You just can't. You have to have two scoops. It's not even gelato. I mean, what's one scoop of gelato? I mean, you're just wasting your time. You're just getting into the thing. If you don't have at least two, I can walk barefoot up a mountain, but do not ask me to go without two scoops of gelato. It's the little things that get us. There's another thing, I was talking with a brother priest, it was, again, it was ar- around the same time, so these are kind of shaped, shaped me in a very real way that, that I went, I was, uh, I was going to visit with a brother priest, and, and, you know, it's always helpful, especially in your early years, and when you're experiencing something you've not done as a priest before, as a normal life, I guess, right, that he said, go talk to somebody that, that just did the thing that you're about to do, right? And so, you know, I went to go talk with one of my brother priests who was a couple of years seniority over me as a priest, and uh, to be able to ask him about some of the things that I was experiencing. How did you do how did you deal with this? Or what's the joys of your of your priesthood and what are things, you know, give me some of your wisdom. You know, help me to, to be able to to prepare well to kind of walk in your footsteps essentially. And he said, Brent, when we're in the seminary, oftentimes we think that that our our vocation is gonna be like this really beautiful, romantic vision of priesthood. And then we're gonna gonna have long vigils at night and we're gonna have this wonderful, profound prayer. And and it's all just gonna be deep and beautiful. And and it's just gonna be a a joyful thing to lay down our lives in these dramatic ways for our people. And he says, more often than not, you may have not have realized by now, but he said, more often than not, the sufferings of the priesthood are just listening through bad music at mass and dealing with the meetings that you have during the week. I was like, oh, cool. Thanks. Right? I'm glad we don't have the problem with bad music here at Mass. Indeed, it is quite edifying to us. But the reality is that it's the normal things, is what he was saying. It's the everyday stuff. It's the song you don't care to hear again for the third time that Sunday, because you've got a you, know, got, got you know, one, one was enough. Uh, but now you hear it here multiple times. You don't even like the, the singer, and it's just kind uh, of, not, not, the, not the voice that you desire in that moment. Or, and these kinds of things, you know, it's like the little stuff. He's like, that's the stuff that matters. And this is the, the fact of things, is very often in our life, if something big is asked of us, or required of us, we can bear the cross. We can bear that hardship, but we can bear it well. We can, we can bear it joyfully. But it's the little things that get us. It's the person who's driving five miles an hour too slow in front of us or is 15 feet from our bumper behind us. It's the kids come to to ask you a question when you're on the phone. You can stay up all night with them when they're sick, whenever they come, whenever you're in the middle of a conversation on the phone. Different experience, I bet. It's these little things, tiny things, that get us. And they're so small because they they seem inconsequential. I mean, what does it really matter? It's just a a small thing. It's not, not a big stuff. But the fact is that the big stuff happens rarely. The little things happen every single minute of the day. It's the grace of God that we need to live in those little moments and to love one another that is especially offered to us. It's those little hardships that seem barely even, uh, barely even a thing in the, in the grand scheme of things. But it's those that often can get us. It can be the place where we lack charity most, where we are most disturbed at heart and lack peace, where all, the, all the, the wickedness of our hearts can arise at the smallest of things. And so this is the hardship the Lord calls us to, to be able to love one another, to be willing to let ourselves and our own will die, to put it to death, to crucify it with our blessed Lord on the backside of the cross that is always present before our eyes here at Mass, to lay down our lives as he laid down his, for love of one another. As he has loved us, so we are to love one another. And just in case we wanted to get out of that, as if elsewhere in the gospel, right? I think in St. Luke's gospel, the, uh, the, the one who says, Ah, but who's my neighbor, huh? Whenever you look in the, in the gospel, you know, sometimes, and in in, you know, if you're if you're reading your, your Bible at home, you you may notice that, that sometimes there'll be a little asterisk, you know, somewhere next to the text. We'll, put, we'll point you to a footnote down at the bottom of the page that says some translations will say this, or you know, sometimes they'll have an extra, you know, the, this this manuscript will add these words here, right? You know, so it'll give you a little extra extra explanation. But if you if you look at this passage, there's no little asterisk. It's just love one another. There are not other options. There are no other, no other details by which it says, you know love one another unless you're having a bad day. Love one another unless it's been a rough week. Love one another unless you're a little hungry and you, know, you need a little food in your stomach. It just says, love one another, period. And this is the challenge. But the grace is also found here as well. It is in Him, in receiving love itself that we are able to love. And we receive love itself every time we receive Holy Communion. God is love, and he, out of his love for us, has given us a son, the word made flesh, who comes to us every single mass and opens himself to us to receive him, to enter into his life, to enter into his love, and to allow that love to enter into us. May God grant us the grace today to open our hearts wide for the love that he has in store for us, that going forth from this holy house, we might share that love with one another.